1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the Locked On Packers podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. I made it really easy that way. You can follow us and like the podcast on Facebook where we post all of our content. And you can always subscribe to us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit up the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920 341 3775. Today is the day to go inside the Miami Dolphins, the Packers' opponent on Sunday afternoon. And this is a particularly important show for us this week because. The Dolphins are not a team that I think a lot of Packer fans are watching week to week. There are not a lot of star players. There are, frankly, not a lot of interesting players, and they're not a particularly good team. They're not a particularly exciting team, and they're not a particularly national team. So most casual fans, and even probably hardcore fans of the Green Bay Packers, are not going to be intimately familiar with the Miami Dolphins, certainly I am not intimately familiar with the Miami Dolphins, the way that you know Travis from Locked On Dolphins was yesterday. But it is part of my job to keep up to date on all of these things, to follow the league, and so I'm going to do my best to, to impart some knowledge here today. But before we do that, uh, the Packers designated Trevor Davis to return from IR, and and first, just what that means. He is going to be eligible to practice this week. He already started that process yesterday. Returned to the practice field. Uh, the Packers will have one more IR spot that they can designate someone to return from if they if they have a player that they feel is worth doing that with. They don't have to use that spot, and that that does not mean he's going to play on Sunday. In fact, he cannot play on Sunday. The earliest he could play. Is next Thursday at Seattle in what will be a gut check game for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they should win this game on Sunday, and then they have a brutal stretch. Now, the, the good news is, if you lose to Seattle and you go and you beat Miami, you go four, five, and one. You have a mini buy before you have a, a two straight uh, critical division games at Minnesota and at Chicago. So. Uh, the Bears are getting a little bit healthier, and and that's going to make things more difficult for Green Bay. So they need to bank these wins now. But part of the fallout of the Packers announcing Trevor Davis's return is I got some pushback on Twitter from fans who were frustrated that this was not Jay kumaro And I, I just want to I want to say number one, we don't know if Jay kumaro is healthy enough to be on the field. We don't know they are choosing Trevor Davis over Jay Kumaro strictly for special teams reasons. I think that is probably a big factor, but we don't know Jay Kumaro is healthy enough to play. And he was hurt when he got put on IR earlier in the season. That's why he's there now. And it made it a little bit easier for Green Bay to get all of the receivers that they wanted on this roster, but he was also hurt. Now, to the, the material facts of Kumaro versus Davis, I had some, some people say, well, I would rather Jay kumaro be on the field at receiver than Trevor Davis returning kicks. And to that, I will say, did you not watch the Rams game? Did you not see how special teams materially affected the outcome? Did you not see how bad decision-making and, and an unreliable return person Costs Green Bay the chance to win a football game. So I understand that that you like Jake Kumaro and I understand that that he showed a lot in the preseason, and Aaron Rodgers liked him, and he could be useful at receiver. But let's also remember, right now, he would be no better than receiver four on this team because Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb are still clearly going to be ahead of him in the rotation, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling has absolutely earned the right to be playing ahead of Jay Kumura, done meaningful things, made meaningful plays in regular season games for the Green Bay Packers. And that is so infinitely much more than we can say for Jake Kumura, who is a wonderful story and a great kid. And, and we I, I hope we get to see him on the field and making plays at some point, if not for the Packers, then some other team. But let's not act like he is the missing piece here. He is a really good story. We don't even know if he is a useful NFL player. So we know Trevor Davis for some of the issues that he has, the fair catches inside the 10. Look, if, if he would have been in the Rams game as the punt returner, maybe he makes a fair catch at the five instead of letting the ball bounce down to the one that cost the Packers two points. So it's not just on kick return, punt return. The Packers are getting basically nothing out of their return teams so far this season. And and that's just not a, a sustainable way to play special teams. And special teams is not as important as offense or defense, but it's not not important. It is important. And the Packers special teams have already cost them two football games this year. The kicking game cost them the Detroit Lions game and the return game cost them the Rams game. I mean, there, there, there is no other way to look at those two games and the importance of special teams and not say if Green Bay had been better on special teams in those games, they don't have a better chance to win. And so to act like special teams isn't important because it's not as fun to talk about or it's a little bit more uh, opaque. For fans or the Packers don't seem to have a very good special teams coach in Ron Zook, to that I say, I understand and I get it, but that doesn't make it not important. It is certainly not as important as if the offense plays well or the defense plays well, but it is important to have your special teams not hurt you. I I, I said that special teams earlier in the year, it's like your toilet. You only worry about whether or not it's working when it's not working. And right now for the Packers, it's not working. And because it's not working, they need to make this move. And and maybe Trevor Davis can add a little bit of speed. Maybe they will encourage Mike McCarthy to run a jet sweep or an end around and utilize Trevor Davis in some interesting ways on offense. Because if he's going to be active on game day, which he's going to be, then you might as well use him because he can help your team. And if on every 10 or 12th kick return or punt return, he gives you a big return, then that is a boon for your team that you weren't getting before that. You're not going to get that from Bashad Breland. I thought we would see that from Ty Montgomery, but he clearly is just not the same guy he was at Stanford athletically. I think the injuries have taken their toll on him because he was an all-world returner at Stanford. And we just never saw anything close to that guy in the NFL. That's And that's unfortunate. But that's the reality of this sometimes. The Packers are going to be better next Thursday with Trevor Davis returning punts and kicks than they were before. And and they will be more better. Pardon the bad grammar. But they will be further improved in the difference between what their special teams was and what it could be than from Jake Kumaro versus Equinemius St. Brown at receiver and just like special teams is not everyone's favorite topic when it comes to the football field let's talk about another topic that might not be your favorite topic to talk about with your friends at least not in this way and that's sex good sex now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence you need in bed because of BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Longtime listeners of the show will know BlueChew.com has been a sponsor of the podcast for a long time. They are back with us. And what they can do for you is they bring the first chewable with the same FDA-improve active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper, than buying at a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit dave's to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store
1: all right let's start our scouting report on the defensive side of the ball because this is where miami boasts the most well, I don't want to call it star power, but this is where their, their front-line players are with Cameron Wake on the edge. They have Rashad Jones at safety, Zavian Howard at corner, Minka Fitzpatrick, the rookie, is is playing well and, and is going to be a really good player in the league for a long time. Now, th- their statistics do not necessarily reflect the quality of this defense. This was one of the best defenses in football through the first month and a half of the season. And over the last month or so, uh, they have they have waned a little bit. Right now, 20th in weighted DVOA, which, which accounts for how well they're playing lately. 23rd against the pass, 17th against the run. So a below average defense overall, but they do do some things particularly well. This is the number one team intercepting the ball on a per-drive basis. The number one team. So they can create turnovers. And that is something that Green Bay has struggled with. Now it's something they've struggled with a little bit more on the road. Aaron Rodgers has not had a problem with interceptions this season. And at home, we know he's as efficient as any player who has ever played the game. He needs to play a little bit better than he's been playing. In fact, uh, after this week, he is now in the top five in terms of off-target percentage throws. It's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and three rookies in that in that list, which is kind of crazy, but it's the truth. And if, if he's off-target with throws against this team, they'll come get him. Now, they are still just a below-average team, right about average in terms of points per drive, so they're going to give up some points, and, and Green Bay is going to be able to score. The thing is, they will have to take care of of the ball because this is, as I said, a really good team at creating turnovers in the passing game. And they're also a really good special teams group in terms of where opponents start their drives. Opponents have to drive the third longest field of any team in the league against the Miami Dolphins, average starting position right at the 25 yard line. So they're not giving up returns. The Packers don't have anyone who's going to return it anyway, but um, that is—they're not going to get any sort of advantage out of an already subpar kicking game, kick return game, excuse me, for the Packers, and so they're going to have to drive the length of the field, and that is something that that Green Bay has has been able to do. They've been able to create drives. But that doesn't mean that that's that's something that you want to do consistently. You'd like to be able to have some opportunities to play with some shorter fields. That's just not going to be the case. Miami is is again below average giving up touchdowns per drive relative to field goals. So again, they will give up points, and you can you can throw the ball on them just at not at certain players. Xavier Howard is a, a legitimate front line cornerback. Now, what's interesting about this team, though, so Howard is really good, and you heard on the Locked on Dolphins crossover episode yesterday that Howard will at times travel with number one receivers, but the Miami Dolphins are 21st in football defending number one receivers, which means because the Dolphins do play a fair amount of zone coverage, you can just take your number one receiver and say, we're not gonna put him across from Xavier Howard. We're not gonna, we're not gonna put ourselves in a position to attack him because we can attack these other cornerbacks who just aren't quite as good. Bobby McCain is not a frontline player. And after that, you're talking about sub-replacement level players. Now, the Dolphins are pretty good against number twos, and and that I think is a lot to do with what I'm talking about here. Because teams are saying, we're not going to throw at Zavian Xavier Howard, Zavian Xavier Howard gets to cover the number two receiver. And if there is one thing that Howard is going to struggle with a little bit, it's speed. He is not the fastest corner. And so if the Packers do take Devontae Adams and put him opposite Howard, and they have Marquez Valdez-Scantling on Howard, that could be an opportunity for Green Bay to create some plays down the field there. And that would be a, a, an interesting way to attack this defense. Uh, as you heard Travis say yesterday, uh, this is not a great team defending the tight end. Uh, and they're not the, a great team defending running backs in the passing game. 22nd defending running backs. Now, it is interesting. This is one of the best teams in the league. In fact, second best defending the deep middle. Green Bay does like to attack. If they're going to attack down the field, that big the big play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling was, was a post- uh, down the middle of the field, that is where Rodgers likes to attack. Well, this Miami Dolphins defense, because of those safeties with T.J. McDonald, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Rashad Jones, they're really good defending the deep middle, but they're below average defending the underneath middle. So we're talking about slants, crossing routes, uh, and, and you know Jimmy Graham special teams against linebackers that despite their athletic gifts, have not been good in coverage. Jerome Baker, Raquan McMillian, uh, Kiko Alonso. This is this is uh, an opportunity for Green Bay to take advantage. The bad news, again, for the Packers in terms of the matchup here is Miami is one of the best red zone defenses in the league. Fourth in points per red zone trip, ninth in touchdowns per red zone trip. So if, if the Packers do get down there, they need to be more efficient than they've been. Aaron Rodgers has one of the worst completion percentages in the league inside the 30 this year, and part of that is on him, and part of that is is on Mike McCarthy, and part of that is on these receivers who need to go make a play for their quarterback. Um, they've had some issues with a leaky offensive line, and you know the the Dolphins don't have what you'd say is a front line pass rush in terms of the quality of the players. Cam Wake still being Cam Wake and they're just 29th in adjusted sack rate. Here's the thing. New England was 30th in adjusted sack rate, and they were able to pressure Rodgers, and they were able to get him off his spot because the interior in particular offensive line didn't play well. Lane Taylor and Byron Bell were really bad against the Patriots. Even David Bakhtiari didn't play particularly well for him in that game. They're going to have to be better against this front, even though... The front is not ferocious rushing the passer. They've already proven that that is a potential bugaboo for them.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: On the other side of the ball, the Miami Dolphins are having to go with Brock Osweiler once again this week. Uh, Ryan Tannehill still not ready, still not back. And that is good news for Green Bay because with Brock Osweiler, they're just not particularly adept at getting the ball down the field. They have a capable group of receivers with Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, Danny Amendola, Devontae Parker. None of those guys are legit number ones. In fact, I don't know if any of them are even really good number twos, but together with Adam Gase, the head coach, uh, with whom the Packers are familiar from his time in in Chicago, he's able to manufacture opportunities for these players. They've just been deployed in weird ways, and we talked about this on the crossover show. The Frank Gore usage versus Kenyon Drake has been s- strange, to say the least, and... Jakeem Grant probably needs more touches than he's getting. But with the issues that you have with Brock Osweiler, that's just not always something that they're able to get done. Uh, this is not an a above-average team on offense. Uh, in fact, they're right at average overall, uh, 19th throwing the ball, 13th running it. So they're, they're a little bit above average as a run team. This is a, this is a thoroughly blah Miami Dolphins team in terms of the things that they do well they don't do very many things well and particularly on offense the one thing they do um, at a solid rate is they move the line in the run game 10th in adjusted line yards And that mostly comes from the left side of that offensive line. Former first-round pick Laramie Tunsell has quietly developed into a very good young player, Ted Larson, the free agent from Chicago, comes over at left guard, Travis Swanson at center. The former Detroit Lion, and that is uh, in the middle, is is a place where Green Bay, I think, is going to be able to, to make a little bit of hay with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels. But this team... They, you know, I, I talk about making a team play left-handed. Well, in this case, maybe you want to make them play right-handed because this is one of the best teams in the league running to the left behind Tunsell and Larson and one of the worst running to the right. The tight ends are not anything to be that concerned about. Not, I mean, Mike Kosicki was a player of the Packers. Fans wanted this offseason. Uh, he has not been particularly useful this year. AJ Derby, the starter, uh, also, not particularly useful. So, uh, that that is not a big concern. And Kenyon Drake is an explosive player in the passing game. He's just not getting touches consistently. And when he is, he's making big plays. He's a dynamic player. But his biggest enemy right now seems to be Adam Gase. So, much like Packer fans are frustrated that Aaron Jones is not getting more carries, Dolphins fans are frustrated Kenyon, Kenyon Drake isn't getting more carries. So, that's something to keep an eye on this week for the Dolphins as well. On a per-drive basis, this just isn't a very good offense. 25th scoring points per drive. That's just not, that's bad. That's a bad offense. So this Packers defense, we don't know the status of Kevin King with his injury right now, but Bashad Breeland, Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander, um, the safeties, this is a, this is an opportunity for Green Bay's defense to put its stamp on a game and say, look, we're here and, and we're going to start doing some things. We're going to have meaningful impacts on these games. This is a team that will turn the ball over uh, in, the, in the bottom third in turnovers per drive. And part of that is Brock Osweiler. Part of that is some inexperience and, and some, some fumble issues. But this team goes three and out a lot. One of the worst teams in the league in terms of uh, plays per drive uh, and time of possession per drive. When they score, they get it in chunk plays. This is not a team that is going to matriculate the ball down the field. And that is something that Green Bay can use to its advantage. And just say, look, you're not going to get big plays against us. And we think if you can't create those big plays, you can't score. And I think that's a bet that if you're going to take it, um, you're going to bet on the Packers' defense in this game and, and not Brock Osweiler on the road. I think that is a, a pretty fair bet. And we have enough information right now, even with Brock Osweiler at quarterback and the and the more limited sample size, to say that this offense is still very reliant on big plays. And when they don't get them, they struggle to score points. All right, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the injury report, where Green Bay stands, and to answer some of your questions. Um, that is what I, I try and reserve the Friday shows for. We've just had so much to talk about lately Uh, that it's been hard to get to some of those questions, hard to get to any discussion other than the news of the day. I mean, we didn't even talk about the Browns uh, claiming Jermaine Whitehead on waivers, the Browns officially Packers East. It's not hard to see why Mike McCarthy has been connected to that team because every time the Packers don't want something, it seems as though the Browns do. So if they decide at the end of the year they don't want Mike McCarthy, it's, it's highly possible that the Browns are going to want him. So, When we have a little bit more downtime, maybe those are discussions we can have. But for the moment, the Packers are keeping us on their toes. Mike McCarthy said specifically, he felt like Brian Gutekunst was putting his stamp on this team, which a little bit contradicts what what Gutekunst himself said when he said, I'm not trying to send a message. Well, maybe you're not trying to send a message, but you are certainly taking the time to say, this is what I want a football team to be. This is what I want a football team to look like. So from that standpoint, it is a message at the very least about the things that he values and the way that he thinks is the best way to build a football team. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes. It helps us grow. It helps people find us. It helps people know what you like if you leave a review and let them know why you listen, why you like the show, why you take time every day to listen to Locked on Packers. Let someone else know. Tell a friend about the show. Tweet about the show. Use our Twitter handle at Locked on Packers. Use my Twitter handle at Peter underscore Bukowski. Share a show you liked on Facebook. Like our group on Facebook. Let's build that community. And anytime you want to ask a question or leave a comment, you can do that at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775 to let me know how you are staying locked on Packers.